welcome to episode 38 of In The Saddle Podcast. And I'm joined by the illustrious Lucky Loaders. How's it going, Chris? Not too bad, thanks, mate. How have you been doing? I've been okay. I've been uh, following in your naps, so my bank balance is looking good. Um, I hope you've been tanking them as well. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to have a betting preview of all the best bets of this weekend from Air, Newbury and Newmarket. All of Chris's best bets. And we're going to start at Air. Jordan's Electric's Doonside Cup Stakes listed, Class 1, 3-year-old plus. What are we on here, Chris? It's, well, it, to be fair, it's quite an interesting race, really. The the interesting runner in the race is Adair, quite unusual that he would be running at air. You would have thought he would be normally tackling group company, you know, um, uh, group one winner in Australia, finished second at Royal Ascot last time we saw him in the Prince of Wales group one stakes behind Lord North. So it's quite interesting that William Haggis has sent him up to air. I presume he's probably going to go or at the champion stakes again where he finished second behind magical last year on champions day at ascot um and really if he turns up to anywhere near that level he should be good enough to beat all of these now he is gonna have to give away the penalty uh fox chairman is a worthy ad- adversary however i thought he was put in his place on um his latest run at windsor behind extra elusive um where i think uh there was no excuses that day. I think possibly he wants to to go up and trip maybe to a mile and a half. I did see he had an entry at Newbury for the weekend, but uh, connections have gone here, so you have to respect that. But, yeah, apart from that, I really couldn't see anything else for, to worry for a day, really. I think he's a really solid favourite. I think he should be capable of giving all the weight away. Yeah, obviously Tom Marcond on board as well. That's certainly, certainly a positive um, even if you look back at Adeyeb's last run behind Lord North, the likes of Barney Roy, Japan, Bangkok, Medai, Hedman and behind, there's nothing of that calibre in this race. And looking at the 7-4 to four right now, I don't think he's going to be 7-4 to four in a day. I could easily see Adeyeb going off odds on. Looks solid to me, a real classy sort. So I'd say we're both with Adeyeb, best price 7-4. to four. Moving on to the 230, the Air Silver Cup. What do we like here, Chris? Well, currently at the moment, Kingsland is the favourite for this race for Oshin Murphy and Andrew Bolding in the colours of the Queen. And to be fair, I think he's a good thing in this handicap, to be honest with you. I think Connections might be a little bit gutted that they didn't get in the main prize, the Air Gold Cup, which we can speak about a little bit later. But uh, this horse, um, he's only had three career starts, but they've all been very promising. Uh, he most notably won the, the good sales race at uh, the Doncaster St. Ledger Festival last year, beating some smart types, including Rapati of Kevin Ryans, that's now rated in the low hundreds. He beat also as well Torah Strike for Richard Fahey, who we saw finish second in a Group 3 um, at uh, Goodwood on their bank holiday meeting recently. So the form looks pretty good for Kings Lynn. And on his most recent start, on his comeback, he just bumped into a very exciting sort in Starman, who's gone on to win a listed race at York, beating Dakota Gold, who's no mug in the sprinting game. And I just think of a mark 94 uh, with a three-year-old allowance. You know, he's fairly well treated. He will have to give a, a bit of weight away in this field because this is the, the, the second division of the three. You've got the Bronze Cup being run on Friday, the Silver 
and the Gold Cup, which are the two uh, more classier races being run on the Saturday. And I was hoping he was going to get in in the main in the main race because I thought he would get a nice low race in weight. And I think he's definitely he was definitely capable of running a good race in that. You might remember actually Oshin Murphy and Andrew Bolden. I don't know if you remember Mark, but they actually won the Air Gold Cup together. Uh, when Oshin was a very young man and there were some ridiculous pictures going around on social media with some good looking girls um, so obviously uh, Oshin he, he, he likes uh, he likes it up uh, but unfortunately no crowds this year but uh, I'm I sure I definitely have to question that Chris good looking girls in air is a is a rare thing so. well, you, you would know mate than being the north and south divide we have on this podcast I don't um, really venture west save for on the east coast yeah, yeah, we know you quiet Edinburgh boys, like uh, staying on the east. You don't like going to to Glasgow and that, <laughs> but but yeah, King Kings Lynn, I think uh, I think they probably did want to go for for the main main event. But I think if he if he is gonna um, go on to better, bigger and better things, he should be a, a good thing in this handicap, in my opinion, and is the one he's to beat. Currently five to one at the moment in the Queen's colours. As you see, I think he definitely ran into one at Doncaster and Starman, but obviously Starman has franked the form since going up against older horses as well, and actually won quite decisively. Um, judicial Dakota Gold with him, I mean, these are no mugs. Um, I think a lot of people sort of look at King's Line, see that mark of 94, and people are like, oh, it's only had three runs behind the weights. But if you actually go deeper in the form, looks a 100-plus horse. Could be four in here. Best price currently five to one. I know uh, Betfair are going an additional place on this market. So if anyone's having a bet, twenty-five runners is probably worth taking advantage of the extra place market. Um, there's a lot of unexplained, a lot of exposed horses in this race. Um, a lot of older horses could be one set up for a race, but I mean King's Line definitely, definitely looks like the one that's uh, standing out. Uh, moving on to the three hundred five, the Scotty Brand Firth of Clyde Philly Stakes Group Three. What do we like here, Chris? Uh, I thought this was a very wide open race and impossible really to rule any of them out. Obviously, there's going to be some in here that have got better form than others, and there'll be others coming in here that are just coming off the back of one run. I think Um Kaltham for Richard Farr, he deserves to be at the top of the market. Um, form has been boosted somewhat of an extent by Sacred, who uh, finished second at the St. Ledger Festival. Uh, last week so so it's not a bad form line there in the context of this race however I was willing to take a chance on a bigger price selection here I thought Satanti Girl for uh, James Given and Tom Eaves could be interesting I think I've seen as big as 33 to 1 out there um, in the colours of the Cool Silk Partnership who normally have every year not, not a bad two year old that does them credit at some of these big meetings and this Satanti girl was actually working at Sky Sports Racing that day in the production office, as you do, watching the racing. And uh, this this horse, um, I remember her winning, and she did it really impressively to beat Charlie Fellows. Now, that's not Charlie Fellows, the trainer. It's been well documented that Charlie Fellows and George Scott, they run their own podcast together. I think they copied us there, um, Mark. <laughs> but they both um, train horses that are... So they both train horses. So Charlie Fellows train trains a horse called George Scott, and George Scott trains Charlie Fellows. But anyway, Satanti Girl uh, beat him with ease, really. And I'd urge anyone to go back and watch a replay of that race. You know, at one point she looks like she's not going to get involved at all, and in the last f final 
furl- the last half of furlong, um, she found an extra gear and she went and won by nearly two lengths. So thought the way she did it that day was very impressive and she looked like she really needed the run and was going to learn plenty from it. Obviously, we don't know how good the form is, but if you wanted to to throw it for a dart one at a biggish price, I thought you could do worse. Best price currently 25 to 1. Um, I remember actually the Archie Watson horse back in July ran behind Jojo Rabbit, Charlie Fellows. I mean, that form, I mean, the form isn't that bad. Um, do think that maybe you need to see a bit more improvement and you wouldn't want to be too slowly away this time. But 25 to 1 in this sort of open looking field, you certainly wouldn't put you off. So Chris is with Sintilli Girl at 25 to 1. And um, moving on to the big one at air. 340, Air Gold Cup handicap, 25 runners. What are we on here, Chris? Well, this is a very hard puzzle to work out nothing there wasn't really anything jumping off the page until i started to do a little bit of digging and nothing really you thought all oh, that looked really unexposed um but then after doing a bit more research than that I, i've come down on one actually that i think's got a fairly good chance and it might be missed in the market and that's wise counsel for clive cox and uh, Daniel Tudhope, who's uh, the retained rider for the Clipper Logistics team. Um, and I thought it was very eye-catching last time um, at Ascot, when that day nothing was really coming from off the pace, and he was pretty much at, at the back for the majority of the race. And then he made a little bit of late headway, you know, and it just looked like a prep run for a bigger target. And I think this has been the target. Now, if we actually look through some of his back form, it tends to run better after he's had a run and that was his first run last time at Ascot for a little while for a couple of months so like I said it definitely looks like they've set him up for for this race in mind he actually won at this meeting last year off the mark of uh, 91 when Daniel Tudhope was actually aboard that day that was over seven furlongs however I still think he can be competitive over six furlongs he's won over the trip before he actually uh, beat Angel Alexander as a two-year-old by two and a quarter lengths who actually won this race last year so he's got some good form lines and yes 98 might look a little bit or he's 97 i should say he's off uh, 97 uh in this race it might look a bit high to some but he's not got a bad draw in stool 18 there's going to be plenty of pace around him i expect the likes of uh, bungee jump uh, uncle jumbo who are drawn high um they're going to be up there you know setting a fast pace and the draw it's always tricky in the, the, this race i've got a terrible record in it so i really wouldn't listen to anything i would say about it but uh you, I, I think you normally have to be drawn towards either one of the rails and sometimes it changes every year last year the winner angel alexander was drawn stand side but he was the only one really uh that was up there on that side and the majority of the rest of the field were on the other side and sometimes it chops and changes every year i think you've just got to look where the pace is going to come from and just take a side uh, i think most of the fancied runners are drawn high so um if bungee jump and uncle jumbo set a fast tempo i think uh, those maybe coming off the pace it, it will suit them and uh, I just thought Wise Council looked looked like he he had a big race in mind, and I think this is it. And with uh, with that taken into the balance, I think you can get twenty to one about him. I'm sure you'll get six places on the day with most sport books. I think I think that's a, a fair each way bet. Yeah, 
Do you think the extra five pound will stop uh, Paul Callahan's twenty-five to one last week? Stone of Destiny, drawing yeah. right next door in nineteen. Um, Oshin on board. No one actually put up. It's drawn bang twenty-five. Arasibo that run last time out behind Stone of Destiny. Um, the one that you like, Wise Council is currently a fourteen to one shot. Stone of Destiny's tens. Arasibo's around fourteens. As you say, you're probably going to get a wee bit more value on the day. I mean, this is what. 36 hours before before the races open up, you know, be massive value on the exchange, additional place markets on certain sports books. Um, you see, just talking about Stone of Destiny, do you think going again? Do you think he's the penalty he, was talking? He, he, he's the problem is when you get these kind of horses that knock on the or they've been in the wilderness for, for so long and then suddenly they just come knocking on the door. Are they going to do it again? That 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 that's a big concern for me. Most of his best form in his career had come at Ascot. He made the frame there quite a few times. Um, yeah, he went off ninety-seven. Yeah, had yeah. a win there last year. Was that in the Shergar Cup? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he had a win in the Shergar Cup last year. You know, and and he's been a solid contender sometimes in some of these big field handicaps. But it, it, he's only ever ran on good to firm. Good ground. I don't actually think he's encountered good to soft ground before. I mean, he's running well, all weather. Well, the ground it should be drying out. I had a look at the forecast uh, for air for the next couple of days, and it's going to be lovely sunny weather, which is uh, unusual in Scotland, I would imagine. Yeah, I can tell you that. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just thought... Um, I, I just thought the question mark for me is, can he do it again? Obviously, he was a, quite an easy winner last week. Um, but... I, I just have my reservations over him. And also as well, is he a bit more of a five furlong horse? Because that race last week was over five and a half furlongs, going up an extra furlong. So could he just be vulnerable to a closer? But yeah, you've got to respect his um, chance for his connections and that. But that would be my, my concern. And I if I was getting stuck into him, I probably wanted to back him at an even bigger price. I think, I, I think there's others in this field that represent... Uh, more value and I, I just thought wise counsel like I said for the reasons laid out I thought he was a solid and interesting contender looks looks mighty competitive so Chris Loader's with wise counsel I like Stone of Destiny around what price was he around 14 to 1 was he and that's all gone now 10 to 1 I do think you know the angrier you talk about stepping up I actually think they're going to go quick here and it might might set it up for him and get, get a good pitch early strong stand side and I think Arecibo as well is an interesting one if you bag that rail anyway moving on to Newbury first race we're going to look at is the 140 the Dubai International Airport World Trophy Stakes Group 3 what are we on here Chris? Yeah, I thought this was quite a, a trappy little race quite a lot of sprinters on their day probably capable of winning at least a group 2 you know so it's fairly fairly competitive stuff and we've got some horses in here with uh, some question marks over them some coming in here with some good form and it's all a bit of a mishmashy race really um, and it was hard to really come down on one but as we're doing a podcast I have um, it's not the strongest group for these Chris I will agree with you there no it's not it's, it's, it's not strong there. like you look at equilateral and he should be up there Interesting, Holly Doyle has been booked to ride. Um, Mosquil, you know, you're looking at that. Tis Marvellous, Lazuli, you know, all promising types and on their day are more than capable. But the one I've come down on 
was wise words for James Tate. Now that was the the last time we saw this boy old for it was the first time we've seen her for for a year. She was last seen as a three year old winning a conditions race at Leicester. But if you watched a replay of her last run where she finished fourth in the Scarborough Stakes at Doncaster, I thought that was very impressive considering she never got a clear run. Um David Allen was aboard that day and was uh, weaving in and out of traffic and in the end when he did get going he was pro she was probably the one to take out of the race and despite that being a first run for quite a while I thought she did the job quite impressively now you would maybe worry about the bounce factor potentially however I do think she's got maybe a little bit more improvement to come she gets the Phillies allowance as well so she gets a little bit of weight. She's rated 96, so she clearly will have to step up to get involved. However, like I said, I think she was unlucky the last day. And James Tate as well. He is a trainer that I, I have always liked to, to back ever since I've been a pundit, tipster, whatever you want to call me. Um, but he's been a little bit quiet this year. Uh, he started off after lockdown not too badly. He had a few winners, but July and August were quite quiet months for him. But I just noticed in the last few weeks he's been amongst the winners of late he's had a couple of winners his horses are running a lot better i've actually put one of his horses up this evening to run at chelmsford shimmering dawn so i am hoping that the, the stable have just turned uh, turned a corner uh they had a nice uh, horse i can't remember the name of it now but uh it blitzed the field in these colors actually at newmarket um and then unfortunately picked up a career and an injury so um he, he's had a little bit of an unlucky time this uh season james tate trainer of invincible army last year that was a good uh stable staff for him but yeah wise words i thought in an open looking race currently you can get i think around about seven eight to one possibly with other firms other than betfair um i think if we've got the nine runners if you wanted a if you wanted a bit of an outsider away from the more exposed types she might have a little bit more to offer if the others have an off day. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I thought he was quite, quite unlucky last time out under David Allen. Um, I, I like the trainer as well. I think he's an underrated trainer. And this filly comes here with every chance. It's interesting, I mean, just sort of looking, you know, on paper, I mean, jumping from Listy to Group 3, um, you've got horses like Moss, Moss Gill, who, who was well beaten last time out when went off three to one and Wise Words actually went off fifties. I mean Moscow is actually going off five to one here. Wise Words best price eight to one. So there's definitely value in the each way thing and Equilateral, I mean is that one that you want to be diving in? Nine to four? Uh, for me, Equilateral, well, I actually put him up uh, without Batash at Royal Ascot because he is a undoubtedly a classy type on his day. But for me he always needs a bit of time in between his races and the fact that he's been on the go a few times this season is a little bit of concern maybe if he's at the right level which just could be he might be able to pull it off but for me i think he's always he always puts his best efforts up when he's running fresh or after a break so i probably would rather want to take him on holly doyle on board as well certainly a positive but wise words for lucky loader best price eight to one moving on to the 250 the dubai duty free legacy cup stakes art trial group three what do we like here, Chris? Again, this was quite a trappy race for four runners. However, it's going to be a fascinating affair to watch, actually, because you can't dismiss any of them out of hand. Um, I thought 
the way the race might set up could be quite interesting. I would imagine Elokam potentially could be the pacemaker. Um, obviously, we normally associate Mark Johnson's horses making yeah. the run in. This Elokam has been a frustrating horse in his career. You know, when you think he's gone, he, he produces a good performance, and when you you you're sweet on him, he often throws in an absolute stink. You know, and his best form form line this season. Is when he finished second behind Lord North. Lord North. Yeah, he yeah, went. Yeah, that form's incredible. I mean, went off eleven to eight against Lord North. Um, and Te- Telecaster was in there as well, and he's won a couple of group races quite impressively in France. So that's a good level of form, and also as well as run last year behind Crystal Ocean and Japan in the Jabmont. Obviously, that's a that's a very good level of form. He's he's actually joint best on there in ratings with Extra Elusive, who's um really uh, taken Holly Doyle to another level ever since she's um, now the retained owner for Ahmad Al-Sagar. Uh, had a couple of already high-profile winners. Won a listed race yesterday with Majestic North, which I tipped up on my YouTube channel. Uh, nice little plug there. Um, but she's done really well, and she's got two wins aboard this horse, and won quite nicely at, um, at uh, Windsor last time in the Group 3 Winter Hill Stakes. It was quite a comfortable victory in the end. Now, this horse is going to have to step up and trip slightly. Uh, hasn't really shown that its best form has come at mile and three, which might be a bit of a concern. And then it'll come as well. Does he really want to go up to this kind of trip? I think not. Are you worried, Chris, in case they take each other on early? Similar styles, and they might set it up for something off the pace. I mean, yeah. stamina bounce. Yeah, that, well, that's the way I was kind of thinking it. I thought maybe Desert Encounter could be could be the one he won this race last year he also as well won it back in 2017 no Jamie Spencer aboard but it'll be Will Buick taking uh, the reins who's uh, not a bad jockey booking at all has been riding quite well this season picking up it's plen- first time he takes the rides yeah, picking, on board. well I think we know how the horse is, has to race he finished third at um, at Windsor last time um in a listed race there on the same card actually as extra elusive when Holly got a five timer up. Uh was a little bit unlucky in the running, but if he can stay out of trouble, you know he's gonna come with a late run, but it'll depend in my opinion what extra elusive and Elakam have done. I mean gifts of gold, obviously he's got some good back form in Dubai. Um it's but, difficult to read that form in, uh, over there. Um, yeah. I mean, the more you look at this race, in my opinion, I mean, extra lucid design counter gives a goal. I mean, they all like to be handy. They could easily, easily take each other on. No, it's uh, Echo Eller Cam. Uh, yeah. That's the one that likes to make the running. Desert encounter. I mean, you could easily see him just sitting in behind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, that, that's my thing. Uh, but then I think extra elusive. You can't totally be dismissed either because I think ha- Holly would be happy to take a lead and just track uh, and wait to pounce. Um, what, would the, what would the distance be an issue? I don't think the distance is quite a major negative. It, it's more of an unknown. He he has raced over, over that distance during his career. Um, but... He, I think 10 furlongs is probably his best. However, with this being a four-runner race, anything can happen in these tricky, sticky contests. And if Holly, who's riding 
absolutely brilliantly at the moment. Gets in a good position just tracking Elikam. I I I would rather be against Elikam than with him. Um, and the two I would take him on with is extra elusive, and uh, desert encounter. But if it did go, if if it did develop into uh, uh, a bit of a boil over with the first two, I think desert encounter could pick him up. Yeah, I think that's a really good a good point because Elikam in a tad disappointing. It's not, it's not that it really went on since that Lord North run, and um, the pace angle up front. I mean, it could set it up for Desert Encounter. I mean, Elikam's currently two to one. I mean, if you if you think they're gonna they're gonna burn it up up front, do you do you take a chance and lay lay the Mark Johnson horse Elikam for two places? I mean, gift of gold I means a complete unknown quantity, um, and you know Desert Encounter does stay. So. Elikam's currently about 1.7 in the two-place market. That's your sort of prices in on, Chris, in the lay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd be interested. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of, despite it only being four runners, I think there's a lot of angles into this race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and unle- unless you're particularly strong on any of them, I- I'd probably recommend not to get involved in it. Uh, I think it's more of a sit back and watch job, but I think it'll be a fascinating race to watch. But I, 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 if I had to give a selection, I probably would just edge with Desert Encounter, but I wouldn't rule yeah. out. But the, but I would be more confident on Extra Elusive than Elacam if, if if we had to call that call it that way. Okay, so I'm with Desert Encounter as well. Just over the trip, I think the makeup of the race is perfect. I think where well, I'm just sitting behind. And I want to be taking on early cam as well. Maybe a small lead, depending on the prices in the place market. Moving on to the 3.25, the Dubai Duty Free Mill Restakes Group 2. 5,000 to 1 heads the betting at 2 to 1. Are we with him, Chris, or are we against him? Originally, I wanted to be against him. Um... I thought the race was is actually not a bad renewal this year. It's often a fairly decent two-year-old race. It's one of the, the feature races of the season for the two-year-olds. Um, I was originally keen on River Master, but I just wondered if he wanted a bit of cut in the ground, and I think it's going to probably on, be on the quicker side of good on Saturday at Newbury. Uh, good form in the pre-morning last time behind Campanelli. Uh, Nando Parado, the Coventry winner, which uh, gives you shivers, I know it does me. Oh, God. Don't mention that name ever again, Chris. That's <laughs> um, a bad name. But th- that, that undoubtedly is the best form in the race, but that was on soft ground. And despite doing a lot wrong that day, Rivermaster actually did quite well in the circumstances. So he, I think he's the one that sets the standard and the one you've got to beat. Barring Pride has done nothing wrong either in his two starts. Thought he was a nice winner at uh, Ripon uh, when he won the two-year-old trophy uh, stakes there. That was a listed race. However, both his appearances have come on soft ground. And I just wonder, like I said, would he? I think he would probably prefer it to be on the soft side and he's not going to get that so actually going back to 5000 to 1 I think he is very exciting he's by Frankel and I think he learned a hell of a lot that day 
despite being beaten by Bahrain Pride, that actually ran in the same race on debut at, at Windsor. Um, He's very slowly away, Chris, that day, uh, 5,000 to 1. Uh, yeah, he, I think I don't think the Souza was hard on him, and he's only beaten what quarter of a length, three quarters of a length. Yeah. I mean, I think he learned a lot, and he's obviously shown that next time out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he was whacked into five to six odds on favour, so they obviously were expecting a good run, and he was quite green that day, and he was drifting all over the track. You know, he, he didn't look settled. Uh, however, his on his next start, he looked like he'd really stepped forward and. Sylvester de Souza was on the bridle pretty much the last couple of furlongs. You know, it was such an easy win. Obviously, it's hard to know what he beat. Probably not much. But the way he did it was very impressive. Um, and I just think 5,000 to 1, he could be anything. Um, and I, I, think he's, I think he could be a superstar. I mean, that could be short-lived. And also as well, the fact he's got this name, obviously derived from when Leicester won the Premier League at the odds of 5,000 to 1. And so King Power wouldn't use this name lightly, you would have thought. Uh, obviously being the owner of Leicester City Football Club. Um, uh, but yeah, this, this horse, uh, I, I thought it was quite a take him run at Newcastle. And I just think he's, we've not got to the bottom of him yet. And, Yes, he, he will have to improve again to win, but I think he's certainly capable of it. And I do think this time, with the quicker ground, I think that will be in his favour. I, I expect him to reverse the form of Bahrain Pride. But if there is a fly in the ointment, it could be um, River Master, uh, who I do think um, definitely brings the best form to the table. Yeah, for that run in, in France, I mean, that was a good run behind... He's got the shepherds there, Nando Parado. Um, really like the Cox stable, really like him. But um, I think 5001 is the one to beat, has the most potential. Best price currently 9 to 4. Barring price currently a 5 to 1 shot, means 7 to 1 with Paddy. And if you want a Dutch one, have, have a saver in the race. And moving on to Newmarket, we're going to have a look in the 350, the Close Brothers Cesarevich trial handicap. Again, Tend to clear to run. What do we like here, Chris? Um, well, the reason I wanted to talk to talk about this race was the fact that Ocean Wind is going to be running in this race. Now, um, followers of my work on YouTube will know that I put him, I put him up from both starts this season on the flat, and he did the job really well last time, uh, breaking his maiden tag at Lingfield. Uh, beating John Locke of Rafe Beckett, who's a um, bit of a fair yardstick, to be honest with you. He's actually boosted that form. He's won on his subsequent start at Goodwood, so that's a good level of form. But if you actually go back to his run uh, a couple of starts ago at uh, at Lingfield, before he, he bumped into Ocean Wind, he bumped into a horse called Faisal of um, John Gosden's, who's in that Ahmed Al Sagar colours. And he's gone on to win again at Wolverhampton. He's got a rating of 95 now. And also as well in that race, uh, it's, that race has produced a couple of winners. You've got Goldie Hawk, who's won a couple of times for Chris Wall recently. You have Kaleidoscopic as well, who was a winner at Sandown yesterday for the McShannon. So the horse that uh, Ocean Wind beat, John Locke, set a fair standard 
of form that's worked out quite well. And if you go back to his form, Ocean Wind as a bump horse from last season, it reads very strong. You know, he he was actually um, a winner of a of a listed bumper at Newbury, and I remember I was actually on the phone to you, Mark, in the parade ring when I was actually at Newbury that day doing a bit of work. Um, and I was saying that oh, I really like the look of this Ocean Wind. You know, I've had a bit of a bet on it. Um, and uh, I told you to get on, but I don't think you did get on. But I got him on. Alabama Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. And the form's actually all right, then, for any hole, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's it. You know, he, he, the day he won at Newbury, he, he, he really did impress me. He blitzed the field, which is always a really strong bumper. It's produced a lot of top national hunt horses, a lot of good uh, horses in the national hunt game have won this bumper at Newbury and he won by eight lengths so easily and he's actually bred for the flat more than he is the jumps and he looked like a horse a bit like Goshen that we're well, that we hope maybe we might get to see on the flat you think god this horse could be well in on on the flat and he's been a horse I've been waiting to to come on the flat you know and and he finished a credible sick from the champion bumper when the ground was against him that day he won't want soft ground he'll want a good surface and to to to, to run very well in the champion bumper on ground he didn't like against some very promising types i think speaks volumes now the the race at lingfield last time out um he, he was on he was running over a short distance over a mile and a half he definitely wants uh to go further up and trip and Jack Mitchell gave him a peach of a ride that day I thought um, and used the stamina to good effect and he's been given a mark of 89 um, for, for the flat and I think that's definitely workable I think he could be a 100 plus rated horse and I think if he does win this race which I think he can I think we're looking at a well punted favourite for the Cesarevich, um next month at Newmarket I I would back him now to win the Cesarovich. Um, if you look at that run at Lingfield behind Ocean, is it Ocean Wind? Was that the, was it John Locke? John Locke. It was, no, it was John. If you look at the the run beating John Locke, absolutely come to me. John Locke's won since. I mean, the form, the form looks okay. And then you know that, you know Ocean Wind is going to stay as well. Ground yeah. should be in his favour. So 89, I mean, that's a bit of a... a a bold statement, but I mean, you could be thrown in off that mark. It could oh. be another caravan of hope moment, and this this doesn't look this doesn't look a strong race. Well, well, I've been telling people at Sky for the last. I've told a couple of the producers there and a couple of the the production crew that this Ocean Win is your Cesarovich horse. Uh, I've I've been keeping a little bit under the radar. I've not gone mad on social media. I might have dropped the hint a couple of times on my YouTube channel. But you can currently back Ocean Wind right now. You can get four places on the Cesarovich anti-post at 14 to 1. If he wins that race on Saturday, he'll half that price. He's going to be single figures, isn't he? So I think, obviously, it's a competitive-looking race, the Cesarovich. It always is. But this could be a cup horse, potentially, in a handicap. I know you're a big fan of the trainer as well. Oh, Roger Till, brilliant trainer, isn't he? I mean, can really nice guy, always gives his time to the media, very approachable, had a fantastic season already with Oxted. Uh, had a nice horse called Kenzai Warrior last season. Things didn't maybe haven't gone quite to plan with him this year. But this Ocean Wind, you know, um, 
I think he's a really, really exciting horse. Um, You're very bullish. I think this could be your nap, Chris, is it? Uh, depending on the price, I think he probably will be my nap. Okay, so as soon as the price come up, I'll be loading up on that. And this is Arabic outright market as well. But listen, Chris, that's been great. Um, thanks for marking the card for us. Um, I've chopped in a couple as well. And listen to all the viewers as well. Make sure you give us a follow on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes. And any feedback and a five-star rating would be lovely. But thanks very much. <laughs>